Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. All right, so let's get into today. I call this the shame game, the game of shame, the shame game, <laughs> because um, doing a lot of uh women's meetings and uh, women's conferences and stuff like that, that is something I feel a lot of women battle. It, it can hold us back. It keeps us locked in an invisible prison and we let thoughts, we let the past, we let things uh, that we've seen and heard and told to us, they end up overruling, they end up overriding the things that God says we are, the things that the Bible says we are to be, how he's created us. And then that thought, the voice gets louder than our identity in Christ. It gets louder. Hey, Mary Beth, good to see you. Am I going to see you at homecoming, Mary Beth? Thank you. Thank you very much. We're someone really cool made this. <laughs> and so I called it the shame game because a lot of us, feel, um, or we have, you know, a lot of you watching have come from backgrounds that, you know, you might never even want to rehash or good. I'm glad to see, good, going to see you, Mary Beth, or you don't even want to bring up again because it might've been so bad or traumatic or, you know, a lifestyle, you know, and so, and so it holds us back from moving forward once we become a new creature. God says, Old things have passed away. Okay, old things have passed away. But you become a new creature in Christ, that all things become new. Okay, and so we know God forgets. He forgives. He's got new mercies every morning for us. These are the things we constantly constantly need to um, ingrain in our thoughts and in our mind because the shame game will keep us from stepping out in what God's called us to do. It will keep us withdrawn. The shame game will keep us, uh, you know, not operating as the Holy Spirit asks us to. We won't become bold. We will uh, waste a lot of time in our life. We'll absolutely waste a lot of time in our life. Why will we waste it? Because we're going to let those thoughts hold us back. We're not good enough. We can't do it. Look what we've done. God's not going to use me anymore. Um, I've done stuff and, and God just, he doesn't, he's going to move on to somebody else. He can move on to someone else who was born in a different family, who came from people who were raised in church. Uh-uh. That is a lie. Everybody can be used by God. The ones who are willing and obedient and answer the call. Those, that's all God wants. He didn't say, listen, here's criteria. If you, um, if you didn't do these sins before, you know what I mean? If you did these sins and list them, you know, da 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 then um, you're not qualified to speak of my goodness. You're not qualified. No. He says, are you willing? Yes. Are you going to be obedient? Yes. Okay. Can I use you? You're going to be a vessel? Yes. Okay. Well, then here. You can, you can be one of my righteous. You can work for me because it's God who qualifies the one he calls. If he calls you, 
then you are qualified. You're qualified. That's right, Crystal. Crystal says, it's a lie from the pit of hell. And she says, I've been told before, but nope, devil, God is going to use me. Absolutely, 100%, and no matter what age. No matter what age, God will use you. So, the shame game. Feeling unworthy. Rejected. Not good enough. Right? Past issues. Anything is too great that we've done defines you. Shame. I wrote this down. Shame can rob you of living in freedom and the fullness of life that Christ purchased for you. It will rob you. It will keep you withdrawn. It will keep it will, it will change your personality. It will keep you from stepping out. You won't feel a boldness when being filled with the Holy Spirit and carrying out what God has told us is all about being bold. Look what shame will do. It ends up being the critic in our head, right? The voice. Beep, 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 beep. Did you know what you used to do? How can you move forward? Did you know what you used to say? Did you know who you used to hang out with? Did you know those sins that you committed? Okay, that's the critic's voice that's in our head. You're not good enough. You didn't come from a family. You didn't go to Bible school. Why should you be preaching the gospel? You didn't go to Bible school, right? These are all things, the critic, critical. Critics in our head that can speak condemnation in our hearts. That is, um, goes along with the shame game. I don't, we, we got to get out of this. You know, we're not going to be playing games with the devil. We're going to like, we're done. We're done with him. There's no back and forth. There's no tennis match. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to be bouncing back and forth. Well, okay. And I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to live right. I've got this all set. Oh no, this, this situation in life moved me. I'm bouncing back on this side of, of the court. Okay, so then the devil's got me. He's, he's speaking to me, and I'm believing him. Oh, no, no, I, I heard a good sermon. Now, now I'm going to be feeling full of faith, and I'm going to stand on my feet. Okay, now I'm back on this side of the court. No, we're not playing this game. He, 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 he is not getting invited to our activities. Kick him out. We have the mind of Christ. We're doing what God's called us to do. We're going to, what did the, what did Jesus say in the Bible? I'm only going to say what my father tells me to say. And so that's how we have to be. I'm only going to speak what my father tells me to speak. What is my father telling me to speak? The words, the words that are alive and powerful, the words that bring us faith, the words that get our miracle, the words that bring in provision and joy. That's what he wants us to speak. All right. In Galatians 5, 1, it says, sum it up. Pretty much, you know, in this way, says Christ has liberated us to be free. Amen. Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. So just like, you know, I wrote that book called Lines and many of you have it where I said it's drawing a boundary line that Satan can't cross. We're going to, ladies, know where our territory lies. We're not letting, in the natural, we don't let anybody just on our property. We don't let anybody just in our house. We'd be calling the cops so fast. You know what I mean? If, if a stranger, a robber came in our house, so fast, so fast. 
Might not even get out alive. Just saying. And so <laughs> we have to do the same way. Treat the enemy the same way in the supernatural. Not allowed in our territory for one second. And he will try to take us down with shame. Making us feel like we're not good enough. Because if we are, or we are feeling inadequate and not good enough, we're not going to try to find out what God has for us to do. Because we've already disqualified ourselves. We're not going to ask him. We're not going to seek him in prayer and be it. We're just going to be like, nope, I'm just going to stay here at this job that he has for me. There's no way I can possibly move forward. And it is what it is. Or we're going to accept this sickness. Well, we're accepting this because, you know, my mom had it and my grandma had it and my great grandma had it. So, you know, it's just hereditary. Absolutely not. I'm taking dominion over my body. I'm going to have what God says I can have. I'm going to do what God says I can do. And I'm going to walk in what God says I can walk in. That's what we have to speak like. That's what we have to say. Is, is this something that comes along in my new covenant? When I, when I got saved and now I'm living right for the Lord and going after the things of God, then I'm going to be, like I talked about at the beginning, about firm foundation. I'm not going to be shaken when a storm comes. I'm going to rest in the boat just like Jesus did, where somebody violently has to shake you and wake you up. <laughs> master, master, there's a storm. He's like, what? Seriously? And you know what? He would even say, just like he did to his disciples, like, seriously, you didn't have, you didn't have any faith that you could have just calmed the wind and the rains. You had to wake me up. You know, I'm sure Jesus thinks that like right now. He's like, I've given you the word of God. I've given you, I've taught you about confession. I've taught you about what you need to believe, what you need to set your heart on, how you need to speak. <laughs> and, he, and we're still begging him for things. We're still begging Jesus for things. And he's going, good Lord, child. I, I've, do you don't have enough faith to take care of this situation? I don't want... Jesus to say that to me. I don't want him to say that to me. I want to go after it. I don't want to have to bug him. <laughs> I want to be like, I can handle it because you've given me the tools and you've equipped me. And that's the same tools of the word of God that we speak for anything else that we're going to speak towards shame because it's lies from the enemy. Jesus says you're new, you're in freedom, you're walking free. There's no more chains that are going to bound you up. You're not going to live in an invisible prison anymore. Shut the devil's mouth. Shut him up. Tell him to go. He's not welcome. All right. So we don't need to keep looking for the seal of approval. That's already ours. That's what we end up doing, right? We look for the seal of approval from everything else. And the Bible says if we just get God to say, well done, that's it. If we just get an instruction from the Lord, that's all. That's all I care about. I don't care about... What anyone else has to say about anything else I'm doing, because if I get an instruction from God, it cannot fail. So stop looking for seals of approval from everything else, everything else, from Instagram, from Facebook, from family members. Uh, hey, young moms out there, you don't need approval from your mother-in-law and your father-in-law. You don't even need approval when you're married from your mom and dad. Of course, they're going to give you opinions and they're going to give you they love you. 
But listen, if there's an instruction that was given to you and your husband and your family, that's what you go by. That's what you go by. I know that's not like a popular thing to say, but I'm not looking for seal of approval from everybody else. I don't need likes at the end of the day. If I post something and I got two people that like it, fine. It's a word that God gave me and it's what I wanted to post and it is what it is. So I'm not looking for seal. Christ has already given us approval. He said, listen, you're a Christian. I need you to work the works of God. Now that you're saved, let's go out. Let's spread the gospel. Let's lay hands on the sick. Let's live a life of goodness. And in, in, in Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God and above all else, everything else will be added to you. So he wants to give you, he's going to fill you up with the, with the supernatural things. And he's going to fill you up with the natural things that you want. We're not going to walk the shame line anymore. We're not playing the shame game. No mo. No mo. Okay? All right. Christ has said he's freed you from climbing ladders to God's love by dying on the cross. He said, listen, I don't need you to um, do anything but love me, obey me, live for me, live righteous. There's no works that you have to do. There's no works to get into heaven. Okay? And so whatever you may have done, however you may have grown up, things you may have seen, it's all right. He loves you. He's moved on. He's saying, listen, you got to take that off of your shoulders because I need you to do work. You don't need to be a prayer project for 25 years, 10 years, 5 years. Nope, you got to bust through that, overcome it. Because I need you to go out into all the world. I need you to uplift your coworkers. I need you to go and pay for someone for groceries and tell them about the goodness of God. I need you to go lay hands on the sick and see a miracle. And then they turn, they turn their lives to Christ. I need you to work. But the shame game will keep a weight on us and tell us we're not good enough to do it. And it's a lie. Hebrews 4.12. I'm going to go there real quick. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul, of spirit, of joints, of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So you know what? We're going to take that. Let's cut out. Let's cut out what doesn't belong. Let's cut out those thoughts, those insecure thoughts. That's what that is. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and of spirit. Let's cut out what doesn't belong. We're going to cut out unbelief. We're going to cut out doubt. We're going to cut out shame. We're going to cut out the things that don't belong. So we have room to fill us up with the goodness, the faith of God. So we can work it. It's an action word. Faith is an action word. Um. And then over in, dropping down to 4.16, it says, Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So you can't come boldly while you're in shame. You can't come boldly before the Lord while you're in shame. The enemy wants to stop you from going before the Lord. Because when you go before the Lord, you get your answers. When you go before the Lord, you get your miracle. And he wants to stop you from 
boldly going before the Lord. And then you can feel inadequate and it destroys your confidence in prayer. You feel like you're no good to talk to your heavenly father. You're not going to have a prayer life. You're not going to even want to go to church. You're just going to think, well, I'm better off at home. Everyone's looking at me there. They're all judging me, talking about me. They know my situation, da, da, da. You have to learn to shake that off and be like, listen, that might have been the old me. That might have been my old way of thinking, my old way of talking, my old way of being. But my heavenly father has turned, turned from seeing all that. He's forgiving me. My life is made new in Christ because the shame game is an invisible prison that will trap us. It will trap us cause insecurity and doubt, we cannot have that. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We partake in his righteousness, in his righteousness, right standing with Christ. All right, quickly, I'm going to get to the story of the woman at the well. I'm going to go into John 4 with that. The woman at the well is a great example of love, and truth, redemption, acceptance, okay? Because what? We know, first of all, she's not even, you know, here's Jesus, the Jew, the Samaritan woman. We're not even on the same level that way. And then, you know, he calls her out. She's been around the block a little bit, ladies. <laughs> and she can't seem to keep a husband because she's on a few. And so, you know, there's some things right there. there. There's a lot of issues going on. A lot of things going on with the woman at the well. And so, number one, I wrote down, your past isn't too much for God. And I mentioned it earlier, 2 Corinthians 5.17, your old life is gone. No one, you, you should not feel shame because you're a new creature in Christ, right? So there's nothing that Jesus doesn't see or know about. Your past isn't too much for God. So if you go to John 4, and, you know, this is the woman of Samaria. Let's see. A woman came from Samaria, uh, came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? a woman of Samaria. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So here she's already feeling like, you know, we're not even, we're not even supposed to be associated. You're sitting here at noonday in the heat, like hanging out. Now, we know Jesus knew what was happening, right? Like, he knew the situation was coming to pass. <laughs> it wasn't like he was like, oh, this lady just showed up at the well, had no idea. No. Okay, so she, he knew. So there's nothing that Jesus doesn't see or know about, and there's nothing too bad that God can't see past, so I, I, was, I was reading this and I wrote down, when the woman at the well started to tell Jesus about her past, he already knew. He said it to her. Because look, um, 
Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one now is not your husband. What you've said is true. That was like the, the truth of the, yeah, the one, you're just, you're just going through men left and right. It's like a husband store. She's just like in, trading it in for the next model. Oh, we're done with this one, next model. <laughs> and Jesus called her out on it. Jesus called her out on it. But it wasn't too much for God. He knew, right? He read her mail. He knew. Did it make him want to leave? No. Did he know all the lifestyle that she's been living? Did it make him not want to talk to her? No. In fact, he's like, listen, I'm going to give you the opportunity so your life can change, so your life can be better. So you're, you don't have to like think that it's <laughs> things we've did in life is so overbearing for, um, <laughs> is so overbearing for God. I just, I can't give God, I can't give God my problems. He's got other ones. You know, he's dealing with people who are dying. He's dealing with people who have cancer. He's dealing with, he's dealing with so-and-so. I'll just step back here. No, that is not how things are looked at with God. It is not, he's not too busy. He care. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He doesn't want you to carry one burden. He doesn't want you to carry one feeling of shame. He doesn't want you to carry around hurt and broken heart. He doesn't want you to carry around sadness. He doesn't want you to carry around bad reports. So your past isn't too much for God right? We're going to take off any kind of heavy burden, any type of thoughts, any type of anything that weighs us down, and we're going to cast our cares to him. We're going to say, listen, Lord, you said give it all to you, and I'm giving it all to you. I can't carry it. It's not good for my thoughts. It's not good for my body. I can't carry it. It's going to weigh me down. I'm not going to run this race of life fast. I'm not going to be able to do quick Quick things that you asked me to do with a heaviness that's weighed on top. No. So your past isn't too much for God. So like I said, when, when she started to tell Jesus about her past, he already knew. And that didn't cause him to leave. He'll never leave you or not want a relationship with you over anything you've done. In fact, he's saying, please, please, I will clean up the mess. He's saying, please, I will fix it. He's saying, in fact, I'm not slapping a Band-Aid on it. I'm in the business of new. I'm in the business of brand spanking new and increase. I don't even want you to look the same. He says, when you come and follow me, you're not even going to look the same. When you come and, and, and do what I've asked you to do, I'm going to lead you down the right path. You're not going to have to wander and make a ton of mistakes and a ton of detours. In fact, I will give you the best of the best of the best. That's right, Crystal. What a good father we have. What a good heavenly father. The ultimate. And I have a great earthly father. And my husband, he's a phenomenal father. But there's nobody that beats our heavenly father. So even if we didn't have a good dad, even if we don't have a relationship with our earthly father, because many of you don't, we're in that situation. Everyone has, comes from a different family life. You know 
that you have a heavenly father that's even better than a natural father that wants to take care of you. Wants to take care of you, but we just got to tap into it. So number one, your past isn't too much for God. Number two, you can't hide. You can't hide, ladies. Sometimes I think we hide by trying to bottle up things. I think we try to, um, uh, you know, it's almost like we don't realize it, but we just kind of keep our head down and, and, tr and truck along, right? Like we just kind of keep our head down and we're like, all right, well, but in, in all reality, it ends up wearing on our face. It ends up wearing on our sleeve. It ends up wearing on, on us in general. And so we have to realize we can't hide. We bottle it up. Sometimes if we don't address it, we think it doesn't exist, but, but in, in actuality, we're, we're starting to carry that heaviness because we're, instead of dealing with it, you know, faith deals with something, right? So it's like sometimes we get in this like uh, word of faith thought where it's like, ooh, I just got a bad report. If I don't say it, it doesn't exist. Like, no, 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 no. The, the, the report is there. The report is, it is true, right? But the word of God trumps, trumps the, the natural man's truth because the, it's the facts that matter. And the fact is, Jesus heals all. That's what he died for. Jesus died because he loves you before he even knew you. Jesus died so you don't have to go through that beating. Jesus died so you can have your sins forgiven. Jesus died so you can live a good life. So we have to realize we don't need to try to hide and cover up. Let's just expose it. Say, Lord, I don't, I, I, I'm starting a new life with you. I don't want the, the past. Sometimes we can let the past hang on to us and it enters into us through and then it, it morphs into our relationships and morphs into our personality. And we can say, nope, no more. I'm going to live in the joy of the Lord. I'm going to live in perfect peace. I'm going to live by faith. Why? I'm not going to try to hide my things from God. I've asked for forgiveness if it was something that I did wrong or if there's things that I grew up that bothered me that were a traumatic past. Lord, I'm giving it to you. I want you to renew my mind. I want you to give me a fresh start. I want you to take away any thoughts that don't belong in my head anymore. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to bring other problems and issues that I've had into new relationships, into my own life, into my own words. So this is how we have to be. This is how we get rid of shame. This is how we overcome the devil. This is how we win in every victory and every battle, putting on the mind of Christ and speaking it and saying, here's the territory. This is it. You can't cross it. You can't cross it. All right. Hebrews 4.13. No one can hide from God. His eyes see everything we do. We must give an answer to God for what we've done. So we can't hide from God. So we don't need to like kind of sweep any issues under the rug where shame can fester and grow and become a root. No. We take care of it. We nip it in the bud. We get rid of it. We uproot it. We destroy it. We're never going to allow it in our life again. And um, sometimes when we try to hide from that, we, we, uh, we get away from having friends. 
We get away from, we just get away from certain things. You become withdrawn a little bit. God created fellowship. We need friends. We need to be encouraged. You know, that's one thing I'm big on, encouraging people. Because why not? That's what Christ has called us to do. He's, it's what he wants us to do. And so we need that. We need love. Jesus wanted to be there to talk to the woman at the well and take care of her and save her. He didn't run from her. He didn't say, ew, Samaritan woman. <laughs> Jesus would in that high-pitched, squealy voice. Ew. <laughs> no. It, 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 Jesus broke all the rules. So I'm so tired of people like, like in COVID. You know, we should wear gloves. We should wear a mask. No. What did Jesus do? He walked straight up to the lepers, touched them, healed them. Boom, bam, done. His work is done. So that's what we have to be. We're not going to be like, ooh, well, this was your past. And this is, you know, I don't want. No. Let's change people is what's going to change the world. I'm changed so you can change. It's a cycle. You're changed so you can change people that I'll never meet. So let's do what we're called to do, people. <laughs> so no, Jesus waited there and wanted to talk to her. He wanted to care for her. He wanted to save her. Um, and he didn't run away. So we're not going to hide from God. Okay? So number one, your past isn't too much for God. Number two, you can't hide. And number three, before I wrap up today, is God still wants to use you. God still wants wants to use you. Amen. Isn't that a good feeling? It's a good feeling to be wanted, right? It's a good feeling to be loved. And he wants you. He wants to use you. Don't discredit yourself. One thing that's really hard about dealing with shame is the effect it has on our identity. Our identity. It makes us feel what? We can feel wrong. We can feel... Um, what? Useless. Sometimes, depending on what people have done dirty, you know, that shame will make you feel all of the above. And it's nothing Jesus has ever spoken about us. And so in the lowest moments, you sometimes question your purpose, right? You get those thoughts and then you say, am I even cut out for this? Am I even good enough for this? Is this even what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I, why am I even here? What is, what is going on? And so you can't wrap your mind around the idea that you could do anything for God after all things you've done, things you've said, mistakes. You're like, okay, I keep making, and, and it cannot even be anything big. You know, you're watching, you're like, well, I've never really done like anything dirty or I've never really done anything traumatic or I came from a pretty good family. But sh the shame game still comes to all of us because it's attacking our identity in Christ. And if we don't see ourselves as Christ, what, he, what Christ says about us, then that's it. We've lost, we've lost the battle. If we don't see ourselves as Christ saw us, that we're a God man, a God woman, we don't see that about ourselves, then, then we've lost because we will crumble. We will speak ill things. We will let our mind take over and control uh, our, our actions. And so um, the Bible says in Revelation, we've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I can hear you through the cameras. <laughs> by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So look, I want to show you two things because I've had to 
overcome this over the years, you know, be transparent with you. I've had to overcome this over the years because the majority of um, preacher, women preachers I know have gone through something tragic, right? And so then that becomes their testimony, that becomes their message, and, you know, and, and that's it. And they feel like that strength to, to preach on it. And then there's breakthrough and this and that. And I used to literally years ago go to Ted and be like, listen, Ted, I, I don't know if I'm qualified to speak. I don't know if I'm qualified to do any of these things that God's asking me to do. Like being transparent with you. Because I'd say I haven't gone through anything like that. I didn't come up in an abusive uh, parents and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't live on the streets with my mom because my dad left or I, I, I didn't, you know, my dad wasn't an alcoholic or, or a drug addict or, you know, I, I didn't go through this prodigal son stage where I grew up in church and then, you know, I, I, uh, I left and I did all these, I just went a sinful lifestyle, uh, thank the Lord I came back. And I used to be like, Ted, I didn't. And he'd say, neither did I. So does that mean like I hang it up? God called me to preach? And so that's right, Leslie. That's what Ted would tell me. He'd say, that is your testimony. That's your testimony. God kept you from those things. It's not that he didn't keep the others from that. There are choices in lives. There's sometimes it, it's unfortunate for certain kids. The parents' choices are poor and the kids reap it. But then there comes a time where the kids grow up and they're like, listen, I am not. I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm doing things different for myself, for my kids, for my future. When they, when they get the revelation of the word of God. So you're not always stuck in the past. You're not stuck in, in the bad things of life. So your testimony of how God saved you from a sinful past or saved you from a life of mistakes are both equally as powerful. So don't let uh, your voice not be heard because you think you had to go through something to have a mighty testimony, to have a voice, to turn people to the Lord. Both work. Both are a testimony. Both scream the goodness of God. Look what I could have been. Look where God brought me. Right? And then it could be, look what I could have done and look where God kept me. Look what I did and look where God brought me. Look what I could have done, but look where God kept me. See? Both equally as powerful. Both equally as powerful. So God still wants to use you. And transformation is the heart of the gospel message. When we say, look how God changed me. So when you finish reading the woman in the well, what did she do? Jesus called her out for her sins, called her out, right? But he said, listen, I still want you to be, I still want to give you the living water. I still want, I still want you to know me. I still want to know you. I love you enough to stay here when it looks crazy and wrong, but I want to tell you, your life can change, okay? And, and that's what shame will keep you away from hearing. That's what shame will keep you away from hearing. And so it said, the woman said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Um, I'm going to drop down, drop down. Uh, okay, so right here. Go to verse 
uh, I'll do start with 27. Just then, Jesus' disciples came back. So then they came back to the well. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of town and were coming to him. So look what happens when you get past your shame. You, she, she didn't run off. She was in awe like, okay, he cares enough to stay here. He cares enough to call me out so I can change. He cares enough, tough love. He cares enough to, to give me the good news, right? And so look, <laughs> the woman at the well started off as social outcast, talk of the town, you know, can't keep a marriage together. The one she's with is living together, not even married. But what does she do? She goes back and tells them about Jesus. So, so what does her legacy end up being when you read this story? What does her legacy end up being? Her legacy is not her past mistakes. <laughs> her legacy is not her past mistakes. Her legacy is this, these words right here. Come see a man. That's her legacy. That's her legacy right there. It could have been shame. It could have been, um, <laughs> Crystal. <laughs> and you do a really good job of your makeup. You're really pretty. Um, and the legacy could have been shame. It could have stayed that way. She could have kept making the same mistakes, but instead, no. Jesus said, listen, you can't hide from me. I'll tell you. I, know, I already know the things you're dealing with. I know what you've done. You can't hide from me right? And then it's not too much for God. You're not freaking God out by doing something like he sees it, right? So he sees it. You don't, you don't have to, but look, he still wants to use you. He still wants to use you. And she became a mouthpiece for others to come know Christ for others. That's powerful. That's what she was known for is come see a man, come see Jesus. So we're not going to let any more of this nonsense, past lifestyles, poor choices, things from childhood, things from yesterday, weigh us down anymore. We're not having it. We are not going to be women who are struggling, who have a terrible, uh, no good story in our mouth, who are catty, who are critical. No, we're going to walk in love. We're going to walk in faith. We're going to walk in boldness to proclaim the goodness of God. That's what we're here on earth to do. We don't have time to sit around and wait anymore. God has made everything readily available to us. We have the Bible, we have the tools, and now we need to apply it. Now, you want to hang a picture at home? You can't just stare at the nails in the hammer and say, really wish that picture was hung on the wall. Man, I really wish that picture was hung up on the wall. Man, it'd be really cool if that cool new picture I had was hanging up on the wall. Get up, grab the hammer, grab the nail, bust it in the wall, and hang the picture. 
That's what our faith is. That's what our Bible is like. It's our toolbox. Let's use it. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for each and every uh, person watching the broadcast, listening on the replay. Thank you for putting us in a position where we know your word of God, where you've given us revelation of the word of God, that we can come boldly before you and ask what we need, that we can uh, come boldly before you and make our requests known, that you've given us a voice. You've given us access to your word. We don't need to feel shame. That's from the enemy. We don't need to dwell on our past. That's from the enemy. Faith defines our future. Our words of faith will walk us into the future that you've created for us. We're not dealing with the devil's mess anymore. We're not given an inch. We're not given a centimeter. We're not given the smallest measurement to the devil. For we walk in authority. We walk in boldness. We're women full of the Holy Ghost. And you've called us to do great things in Jesus' name. We must work the works while it's still time. So Lord, you are going to use us. We're sitting here right now today saying, use me, use me. Use me, Lord, for your purpose. Use me for your goodness. I am a changed person. I am changed in my words. I am changed in my thoughts. I am changed in my actions for they line up with the word of God. I am righteous and I walk in right standing with you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do for us. Thank you that I have the opportunity to to spread the gospel. Thank you that I have the opportunity to live in such a time as this. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, 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 amen.